At the end of it, they surveyed the boys and said, what's the impact? 87% of those boys said that they had changed the way they see themselves for the positive. And that made me cry, because I'm a big, you know, I'm, I'm six foot eight, 130 kgs, but my, I lead with my heart. And I, I, I wept because I, I thought, holy moly, this thing works. This is Down to Earth Conversations, where we hear from ordinary people who are helping to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Kia ora. Welcome to another episode of Down to Earth Conversations. I'm Andy Dixon. Thanks for joining me today for another kōrero. Things got a bit tense here in Christchurch this week with news that COVID Delta is now in the community, uh, but we're all just doing our best to be safe and to care for others while we navigate what many of you have been dealing with for months now. Fortunately, I'd already sat down to record today's episode before all of that, uh, so you can all be blessed as I was from my conversation with today's guest Jay Geldard. Jay's a big man with an even bigger heart. He's spent years of his life dedicated to seeing young people thrive. And now he's picked a fight with tall poppy syndrome, trying to change the way New Zealanders see themselves and others in an effort to reduce suicide rates and to see people be all they can be. We talk about supporting young people, assisting schools, tall poppy syndrome, taking pride in yourself, putting yourself down, compliments, insults, changing culture and bringing a bit of colour to the world. It's raw, it's full of emotion, it's sure to inspire. This is episode 39 of Down to Earth Conversations. Here's Jay Geldard. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, tēnā koe, Andy. Good to see you. Good to be here. Why don't you start first by just giving us a little bit of a description of who is Jay Geldard, what do you do, where are you from? Yeah, um, I'm born and bred from Christchurch, Ōtatahi. Um, grew up in uh, Hornby uh, and uh, loved my childhood uh, growing up and, you know, having neighbours at our house and playing cricket on the streets and, and loved my time, my childhood and... Uh, yeah, got amazing parents um, and got two older brothers, so I'm the youngest. I went to a uh, high school in Christchurch and then um, we fell in love with this thing called youth work. So yeah. that's a bit, of, a bit of my story. Yeah. And what was it that first interested you in youth work? Uh, I was an intern at my local church. Yeah. Um, and they said there's this thing called 24-7 youth work. Um, and I wasn't interested in it, and they said they'll pay me 10 hours a week. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, oh, okay. And so, um, uh, funnily enough, uh, I did it, you know, because I needed an income. Yeah. But when I got into Hornby High, I just fell in love with it. I just yeah. loved being alongside those young people, seeing those young people thrive yeah. um, and speaking their lives. And so I just, it just took over my whole life, and I still... Um, if you get me going, I, 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 I shed tears for our rangatahi because mm. uh, they're going through some really, uh, it's dark hour for us as a nation. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, we, we need, you know, we need more people to stand alongside our rangatahi. Yeah. And so, yeah. So now it's not about the money. You, you, don't, you don't have to pay me. I'm going to be there. Yeah, and yeah right. just so. And how, uh, how long was it, that, how long ago was it that you started? So I started when I was 23. Yeah, uh, and so I'm now 40. So uh, did Hornby High for 10 years, uh, and just you know 
lived and breathed it. Yeah. Uh, then I had an opportunity, I worked alongside Dwayne Major, the founder oh, of cool. uh, 24-7 Youthwork. I worked alongside him for three years with no pay. I said to him, I'm going to give my life to this movement. Don't pay me. He had no money to pay me anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, luckily, my wife was a teacher. And so I was able to give my life to, to Dwayne and help to build the infrastructure, the systems, the websites and trainings and manuals um, with some other colleagues and, and um, yeah, really build the foundation of 24-7 youth work to be what it is uh, today. So now across the nation, it's the largest uh, youth work uh, school-based provider in, mm. New, in New Zealand and with 185 youth workers and 87 schools covering, I think, supporting 83,000 young people. Um, so it's, it's cool to see uh, where it's gone, but it definitely has humble beginnings yeah. uh, for all of us. And as I said, we don't do it for the money. Yeah, we yeah. do it because our hearts uh, break for the state of our nation and, yeah. and the, what our rangatahi are going through. It's amazing what you can actually survive on you know, financially when you go, actually, this is what I'm passionate about, and it's not about the money. Yeah. You can find ways to make it work a lot of the time, can't you? Yeah. The advantage we had is that we were both, um, my wife and I and Nikki, we were both students getting student allowance. Yeah. And so then she went teaching. I was like, would hit, you know, <laughs> hit gold. Yeah. And so for me to do no more hours, it was just, we felt like we were fine anyway. Yeah. Um, looking back, we were, you know, we were still tight, but yeah. we felt like we were rich. So. We, we were a bit like that, actually. My wife and I studied together for our first year of marriage and... Only one of us was getting the student allowance, and then um, yeah, when when one of us started working a bit more, we're like, well, suddenly we've got money. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Um, but yeah, not compared to other people, but that's fine. So, how did you end up being national director? I ended up being national director because uh, Dwayne indicated in two thousand and ten that he wanted to go back to his local church and and do that. And, and I had no intention of taking up that mantle because Dwayne is a very uh, entrepreneurial, apostolic guy who, you know, he's the guy who raised $2 million for the for the beach and the yeah. able Tasman, you know, like he's, he can get a whole nation behind him. So it was quite intimidating being in, in his shadow and then having him leave and you're sort of exposed as the last, the next guy on, off, the, <laughs> off the cab. And so I, I had to um, be okay with just being me and so I was 29 when I took on the leadership and I just was able to bring the youth worker perspective into all our systems if it didn't best serve youth workers and rangatahi we didn't do it yeah, cool. uh, and so we didn't add extra workload for youth workers or extra things that were going to just be because mm. you can we made it as simple as possible we ripped things apart we broke all the rules um, because I was thinking about if I was a youth worker and someone asked me to do this would I want to do it? So they still have to do things like diaries and you know timesheets and that. So that's just some of the mundane you have to do. But we've we've made it in a way that's really simple and easy to reach. Cool. And so for those who haven't heard of it before, do you want to just describe how this twenty four seven thing works in partnership with churches? Yeah. You know what's the deal with that? Yeah. So twenty four seven is a network of churches that are partnering with uh, schools. Uh, and so really, what it is is that uh, the schools. Uh, put their hand up and go, hey, we need help. We've got some partial needs in our school. We've got some well-being issues. Uh, and then, then they contact us as 24-7 network and say, hey, we want youth workers. Um, and we're very clear from the outset that, you know, we are a Christian organisation. Mm-hmm. So we, we put 
um, them in contact with the school, uh, with, with the church, and say to them, hey, you know, this is what 24-7 looks like. So they're doing 10 hours a week uh, in the school, uh, presence-based youth work, which, which really comes down to we're just, we want you to be there most days, mm-hmm. not just do a program and after six weeks you leave. We are there for three to five years. Um, and then the, the church puts into money the school dollar matches, so then that's half the budget, and then the other half of the budget comes from the community, from councils, from yep. the government, from just different aspects yep. um, from a community. And we don't try and grow this thing. If you do good in 20 schools, then 21, 22, 23 it will just happen over time. Yep. And so we've never gone out there on a bus tour trying to grow this thing. We've just yeah, right. done really well, better before bigger, is what mm. I say. And that's what the focus has been for that. Mm. The fact that it has grown, though, you know, I know some some principals that are very weary when it comes to anything to do with the church because they've been burnt before by churches saying, hey, we'll come in and help, and then it's turned into an evangelistic crusade. Yeah. You know, that, that actually all it was about was about getting people to become Christians. You're obviously not doing that. How is it that, you know, you've, you've seen schools kind of let those guards down if they've had them? So we've been very um, transparent from the beginning that our vision is to see young people thrive. Mm-hmm. And so when churches are joining the network, it's very clear that our vision is to see young people thrive. Um, and, and so yeah, we're just saying when we go into the school, they're inviting us in there because they need help to see mm-hmm. young people thrive. So we've got to go in there with that agenda and just being there. And the yeah. Bible talks about you know giving a cup to those who thirst, are thirst. Um, being salt and light, you know, like just feeding the hungry. Like that's what we have to do. And if that's what the need is, then we as the church community in the community can just go in and support our people, our community, because yeah. they are us, as you've heard over the last couple yeah. of years. And, and so it doesn't matter who they are. We need the village to stop working in silos yeah. and actually come together and actually work and recognize. And so we say to the school, yes, you're secular as a school, and yes, the church is spiritual, but actually we will keep our spiritual stuff over here, yeah. and, we, and when we come into your space, we will act secular. And so we have some outcomes which we agree mm. on, which determine the framework in which we do this. Mm. Uh, and that's given churches, some uh, schools, some really clear boundaries on what mm. is going to be coming um, out of this. Um, schools also love that, that now the network is so big that if they have a problem with the church, they come to us and say, hey, like you would if you had a problem with the mechanic, you go to, you know, yeah. you go to your master builders or your, mm. you know, the accreditation, you know, and you just make sure that you can say, hey, I've got a problem with this, can you look into this? And and that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. But they like their safety net, mm. that there's someone out there that is overseeing the work and the quality that's happening. I love that idea that it's about going and serving them. Like agendas aside, yeah. you know that that it's um, it's not about what can I get out of this, but what can I put into this. Yeah. And naturally, like I mean, I know kids have have ended up at youth groups and stuff because of the relationships that have been created there. But that hasn't been the heart going into it. Is is how do we get all these kids? You know. And so yeah, I think that's just been amazing. What are some of the positive things that you've seen um, coming out of schools related to the twenty four seven work? What we've seen come out of it is the um, that's the strengthening of the relationship within the community. I think we you know what do we do? We talk about it takes a village to raise a child, but what do we do when the village is broken? 
And so we're actually creating an environment where we actually go, hey, school, hey, church, we we actually got the same thing. We want to see young people thrive. Let's collaborate, recognizing there's differences and beliefs, but that's okay. What do we agree on? And so I think it's actually created a healthier communities um, when we're actually working together. And the school is, a, is, a, is the community hub, and that's where all the action happens. But they need help yeah. from businesses, from churches, from different organizations that can get alongside them and say, we're here with you. Um, and so I think a real outcome of it has been that schools have not felt alone in this journey when they're facing well-being, pastoral issues with a adorangatahi. What are the challenges that you have seen coming up regularly kind of amongst the, the rangatahi? COVID has only popped the pimple, which was already nearly ready to burst. And so mm-hmm. schools where education used to be their main focus, now pastoral, pastoral and social needs are what is number one. And so that's what we're noticing is that schools contact us and say, can you come and help? The other limiting factor that schools have is that they do, they do not have the resources or finances to actually do yeah. what needs to be done. I sit as a, on a school board mm-hmm. um, and it's tough. We make some mm-hmm. tough decisions. And, and so we, as, the, as 24-7, the cost of it to the school is only 25% of the full cost. So it's yeah. like a 75% discount. And so they appreciate yeah. that it's not the full cost because they couldn't have done that. Um, but they love the fact that there is, yeah. you're helping with well-being, tick. You're helping with their finances, tick. You've got some more people on the ground in the school being positive role models, tick. Uh, we just need to remember that, that that school, that principal, they are the main heroes in the story. Yeah. They're the main characters. And we are there to guide, support, and help them defeat mm. their villains. Yeah, that's cool. And that's a posture in which we enter into that school. Yeah. I know my, my brother's a school counsellor, and I know, you know they're just overrun. And when there's been 24-7 youth workers in the school, you know, that allows some of the less intense pastoral stuff to be done by someone other than the counsellors, and they can get on with the more serious stuff that needs to be a counsellor. Yeah. You know, and, and um, yeah, so that, like, he's seen a really good partnership from that, which has been cool. Now you've got this other thing going on called Etu Tangata. Uh, how did that come about, and, and what is it? Yeah, it's uh, a great question. Um, so I was privileged enough at, um, after eight years of being uh, the national director for 24-7 to take a sabbatical for three months. Um, and the brief was just disconnect, get yourself as far away from New Zealand as possible. So we took the family to the UK, spent some time in, um, in Italy and Austria as well, and we just escaped for three months. Pre-COVID, I'm assuming. Pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah. 2018, and yeah. so it was an opportunity from, for us to refresh, um, to be as a family. We live busy lives, and I think it was really, really beneficial for us to go and have that time. Um, but what quickly came apparent, so you're meeting these people over there who are curious about what you do in New Zealand. And so I'd share, I work for 24-7 Youth Works, so I'm, I'm a youth worker, and I, we support um, teenagers in high schools. And they just said to me, oh, mate, you must have the easiest job in the world mm. being a youth worker in New Zealand. You know, they've seen Lord of the Rings. They've seen The Hobbit. You know, they've yeah. seen the pure New Zealand ads. Yeah. And so they're, sitting, they're, they're talking to me about it, going, you live in the dream. Shorts, jandals, you know, at the beach all day, picking daisies. 
And I was like, actually, we've got the highest suicide rate. We've got the highest suicide rate in the world with our teenagers. Double, double that of any other country in the world. So I'll tell you again, we've got the highest suicide rate in the world with our teenagers. Double that anywhere else in the world. Australia, America, we're, sometimes we're first, second and third. And so, so these people would, would talk to me around, well, what's going on in, in New Zealand? Because you live on the other side of the world, three hours flight from anyone. There's no Trump, no Brexit, no refugees coming across your border. Why are you killing yourselves? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have an answer. And so I had three months to reflect on what the heck is going on. And so it was a real blessing to get out of the pond of New Zealand and look back and have a different perspective. And so as I reflected on it, I used the image of a tree. So this tree, you know, if one branch has depression and another branch has anxiety and self-harm and we are all doing awesome mahi on the tree branches. You know, you've got Mike yep. King and yep. John Kerwin and it's not okay campaign. Like you, we're, mm. we are really doing it. But it doesn't seem like it's working. The stats aren't getting better. And I was, I had three months dwelling on this going, this isn't getting better. And then as I, I reflected on it, I realized that actually that tree has roots and the root system needs to change. And for me, it was this belief system called tall poppy syndrome. So tall poppy syndrome, just to sum it up for those who don't know what that means, so tall poppy syndrome is your success, Andy, is a threat to mine. I wish you well, but not too well. And if I was to ask anyone listening to this to rate themselves out of 10, 10 being I'm amazing, 0 being I'm average, in New Zealand you would, you would say I'm a 6 or 7 out of 10. Yeah, you don't want to be too high, do you? You cannot actually say that you're 8, 9 or 10. You can say it, but we'll scoff. I I sat in a meeting when a principal said, oh, I'm a 9, and a DP laughed at him. And I said, that's what we're trying to address. That We're not trying to create a whole lot of 10 out of 10s. We're trying to create a culture where you can have pride in yourself, not proud and arrogant, but know who you are. Who are you? Um, And so that's what, I started to realise we needed to, to, to address. So I flew back to New Zealand, looked, did some reading around it. Yep. There's a lot of stuff around this. this but what, what I discovered is that actually this cutting down of each other comes from a perception. That there were perceptions, quite a loaded term. But we have a perception that if someone seems to be getting ahead, doing well, and hasn't worked for it, we think it's unfair. And so within... Within the reading I did, it was actually your friends and family, those closest to you, they are the ones who are keeping you thinking that you're a 6 and 7 out of 10. Mm, so they, well. your spouse, your brothers, your sisters, your, your parent, like your BFF, all those around you, it's their job in New Zealand society to make you believe that you're just above average. And the crazy thing is, you're, you do the same to them. And so I had to sit with that. And go, yeah, if I have a friend who gets a promotion, I make sure I tell them, you know, don't get a big head. Don't forget about us. You know, try and remind them that 
we're all stay grounded. Yeah, we're all yeah. together. We're all equal, and it, and it's the egalitarian mindset of everyone's equal, which is came out of the UK um, when New Zealand was um, when when the, when the missionaries came into New Zealand, and um, the research shows actually has come from this mindset. We didn't want the downtown Abbey, yeah. you know, mindset of upper class, lower class. We, we had the working class, and so we're set on this blue collar. Everyone's equal. We all get on and do the mahi. But you need your CEOs. You need your prime ministers. You need your oh. doctors and different, you know, different trades. And so, yeah. But going back to my point around what I discovered with the reading is that success in New Zealand is that when in front of your friends and family, you can put yourself down before I do. So when I meet you, Andy, you you know to downplay your successes before I get a chance to do it for you. Wow. And that's what success is. And so I, I met another um, principal who said, I don't tell anyone that I'm a principal. I tell them I'm a teacher. And so when people hear that, they're like, oh, yeah, good on you. You know, because we're thinking, oh, yeah, he's not better than us. He's one of us. And so and I, was, so I read, that, I read that's this. That's outrageous when you sit down and talk about it like this, isn't it? You start thinking about that system and go, what the heck are we doing? Yeah, yeah. I, I met a professor of uh, a, a university in New Zealand, and I said to him, "I can guarantee you, you don't tell anyone you're a professor." He's like, "Yeah, I just say I work at the university. I don't tell them my title, even though he's worked for it. Yep. And he's, you know, I'm a doctor or a professor. You just downplay it. Mm. And um, and so, so I did this reading, and I thought I'm going to ask teenagers." I'm going to ask them if this is true. So I surveyed 250 young people and said to them, would you rather me call you a dick or give you a compliment? And 7 out of 10 said, Jay, I'd rather you call me a dick. Wow. And that, that was the moment when I realised something's wrong here. And I, I, I queried further and said, why do you want to be called a dick? And they said, Jay, when you give me a compliment, it is so foreign in New Zealand that we don't know how to give it or receive it. And that was an aha moment for me when I realised that, Andy, if I give you a compliment, you would deflect it, downplay it. Mm. You won't even say... And, and to keep it less awkward, you just say, hey, thank you, and it's less awkward. But we say, no, 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 it was the team, you know, and you just yeah. deflect it. Yeah. And so I don't want to give compliments anymore. I'd rather call you an egg, yeah. you know, or some other slang, you know, like... And that's what we do. We have this banter amongst us. Mm. Um, so I realised that actually this, this root system, the tree, had to change. The, um, the reading that I did around this also said that all blacks were the exception to the rule, that they had somehow thrived under this belief system of the nation. Uh, and so uh, Steve Hansen, the current all black coach, um, had been a supporter of 24-7 youth work. And um, I'd sat next to him on a plane and and um, he, he'd, he'd sort of been, uh, we'd had catch up with coffees. And so I rung him and said, Steve, I've got this crazy idea of tackling this thing called tall poppy syndrome. And he knows my personality. Mm. And he's like, come on, son, let's have a chat. And so we went out to his cafe in Prebleton. And he said, tell me about this. And I said, Steve, I think there's a movement starting called Air to Tangata. So air two is two words, air and then two, which is to stand. So you'd, you may recognise that from school when someone says air two, all the tamariki stand up. And tangata um, is, is people. So tangata has a macron on the top, 
So if no Macron, Tangata is pe- is a person, mm-hmm. and with a Macron, Tangata um, is is as people. So etu Tangata is to stand together. And I said, Steve, it's it's based around three pillars. The first one being you have value. In New Zealand, we talk about mana. Like, you know, we know that person's mana. But I realise that we are a mana-depleting nation, not a mana-enhancing nation. Wow. So your yeah. job is to put your mana down in front of me. So it becomes this false humility where I, you and I cut mm. each other down. Why have we bought into this? We should be enhancing each other's mana and blowing wind in each other's sails. But we're bought into this lie. And, and we're so not used to it, are we? Yeah. The, Oh, we, we, um, at my last workplace, we had a, I don't even know how it started actually, but we, we ended up with this tradition where on someone's birthday, we'd all stop for morning tea and then everyone on the staff would say one thing they really appreciated about that person and just seeing people squirm. Like there's, yeah. nobody knew how to handle it, but it was good for all of us yeah. because it, it started helping break down some of that. But yeah, it, that was when I first realised actually this is really foreign. You know, we're, we're just not used to it. We, and we do exactly what you're saying. We, you know, especially in the church, people are like, oh, it's all for Jesus. It's like, well, actually, you did some of it too, you know. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, that, that so that's com- your first one? Yes, yeah, so the first one's there. And, and really, uh, yeah, it's, it's a critical one. The second one I said to Steve Hansen was, we succeed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we as Kiwis do not know how to do win-win. We say we cooperate, but that's really, cooperation is low-level trust, where we just, you, you know, you opt in, and we sort of coordinate, and we cooperate, and, and, and we're trying to move people towards actually collaboration, mm-hmm. rather than cooperation. So it's a, it's a high, it's a high end, you know, yeah. working together. And so that's when you win, Andy, I win. When you lose, I lose. Mm-hmm. And so it comes that we need each other. When, when the two of us work together, then it's actually better. Yeah. But as Kiwis, we just have this mindset that actually we're individualistic. I do my thing, you do your thing, and we're competing. Mm. And I just think it's just, um, it's not working for us. Yeah. Um, it only isolates us and creates these silos which don't need to be there. We've designed to be in community, to be, you know, interacting and have each other. We need yeah. each other. Um, and so that was the second one is we succeed together. And the third pillar I said to Steve was others matter. Yeah. So what happened with that mosque attack and how we got behind them as a nation, we said to that, those families, you matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you agree with their belief system. They're humans, mm. and we need to get behind those families. Just like in Timaru at the moment, we're getting behind those, those, those mm. families because they matter. Even though you, don't even know, you may not have met them, yeah. they matter. The world's come a little bit about us, that narcissistic spirit. We think the world is all about us. But actually, those people outside of your bubble, mm. using COVID terms, they matter. Yeah. Um, and so, so I sat with Steve and said, that's the three things. And I said, I really want the secret herbs and spices for the All Blacks. I need to know why your culture is so good. Because basically, etu tangata, just to simplify it, we're trying to change culture. Yeah. Let's name that because it's ridiculous I even say that, but I, mm. we need to do something because it's not working. Mm. It's actually, we're in a very dark hour as a nation and we need to actually just shift our mindset and shift our perspective. It's like we've got that, that tree you were talking about with all those branches 
but we haven't looked at well is this even the right tree you yeah. know we just accepted well that's yeah. what the tree looks like that's right yeah. yeah so Steve looked at me and he just said I'm in and at this stage I was still figuring out what that meant because yeah. I was still forming my I was processing on him yeah, I yeah. had no paperwork I had nothing it was, it was my this is my heart this is what I'm seeing this is what I've read Steve what do you think yeah. and he said son I would give my life to you he said, because you, this, this affects me, my family, yeah. my, you know, the wider whānau. He mm. said, you're onto something here, son, and there's a word in season. And so I'm like, okay. So he just said, keep going. And mm. so I'm like, okay. So then I thought, I've got to give it the cultural integrity it deserves. And so I wanted mm. to run it past Iwi around New Zealand. Now, so I went from Ngāpui and Tainui and Ngātahu and, and all in between and just spoke this narrative yeah. around this word that I was getting and I was told keep going we're with you you know awesome. this is this is a word in season and then the bit that got me was the bit that got me was I went to my the principal where my kids went and um, it was a school that the bullying was so bad that kids were parents were leaving the the zone, shifting house to get away from it. Wow. That people would send their children into Christchurch to get away from it. And I, I sat there as a board member, a newly appointed board member, and people were moaning to me over summer about what was going on for their child. Oh. And the next conversation, my son's getting bullied, what are you gonna do about it? And I was like, this, this is a crisis going here. Mm. We had just appointed a new principal and he'd come in, Simon Moriarty, and so I sat down with him towards the end of the year. He was still his first year and he, it was like a possum in the lights. You could mm. see him going from a school of probably yeah. 200 to a school yeah. of 850. Just he was getting his, you know, mm. he had learning plates on too. And um, he was phenomenal. So I sat down with him and said, I want to share with you about Eertu Tangata. And I said, it's about three things. You have value. We succeed together. Others matter. And he just stood up in the meeting and said to me, Jay, I'll give my life to this. Mm. And uh, I laughed and said I couldn't afford him because he's on the <laughs> principal salary. But what, what, he, what, what I knew he meant was like, let's, let's yeah. test this out here. Yeah. Let's use Rolleston School as a pilot to figure out how, what would it look like to take this into a school. And so he rang me the next day and said, Jay, you've messed with me. I can't unsee what you've shared with me. He said, I walked around that school and I heard kids say things like, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm useless, I'm nothing. He said, I went back to my office, I sent an email out to all my staff and said, never again. Using this framework, Etu Tangata, never again are we allowed this to be spoken in our school. And so they created a culture. All it was was language. Yeah. They created language in the school that says, Etu Tangata, you are amazing. Posters started going up. You have value. Um, the teachers even fed back to me and said, Jay, you've, you've changed the culture in our staff room when a teacher says, I can't do this. They say, Etu Tangata, you can do this. And so you're calling out greatness rather than saying kia kaha, which means toughen up or yeah, be yeah. kind. The words we have in our society are, are not words we can hold on to for long. Where Etu Tangata says, you can do this and we're here with you. And so 
they did it for a year. COVID played played out, and so that affected it. But he, he was able to get it into schools, uh, into families, um, and then we saw it going into a, a, the hockey team out at Rolleston. Um, Why Kibikibi Hockey took it on, and mm. I think twenty eight teams went through the whole conversation on those three pillars, cool. and they saw huge transformation. Um, Rolleston School now, just going back to that, is is now the school of choice, and wow. that, you know. So people move into our zone and go, this is a school that has got a great culture. Wow. And, and Simon, and, and as said, as, as each Tangata came at the right time and allowed, with a strategy he had with the board and mm. the teachers, to really um, change the, yeah. the feel in the school within 18 months. Uh, and so now we find ourselves a little bit overwhelmed because um, we've, there's a few um, things that we want to do to protect this thing. A, we want to make it free. So we don't want any school or any family or any sports club who want to have the conversation yep. to have to pay for it. Because so, it, it's just not, it's not how I work. Um, the second thing was that we didn't want it to make it about me. Yep. So it needed to be about Etu Tangata, the movement, not about Jay. Uh, and I love Mike King, mm. um, but unfortunately, unintentionally, if Mike King wasn't involved anymore... He probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't continue to level it as. Yeah. And so we knew that it couldn't be based around a person. Mm. We had to build it like Uber. Uber is the world's biggest taxi company, but doesn't own one taxi. Mm. So we had to create a system that said, you can have this conversation without me in the room. Yeah. And so we worked hard around that, and we're just developing a resource kitty at the moment mm. to better handle all these videos because... We have landed with it is that we're going to be doing this the next two years. We're focusing on schools, yep. sports, um, and tangata whenua, mm. and so that's where we're heading. And and so at the moment we are picking up a school each week that it's going. Hey, we want to have this quarter now. To the level which they engage with, we're still working with that based on a limited time of our staff because yep. we're not as trying to find the money. Yep. Um, then the sports, we discovered that we're actually going to have to do this conversation in sports teams. Mm. So hockey, watch their hockey stars. Rugby teams, watch their rugby stars. Netball, watch their netball stars. Yep. And all those natural bodies have been so amazing at saying, let's you know, let's yeah, see cool. how we can help. And so yeah. I, that's blowing me away. And the conversations we're having from elite sports to, um, to you know, netball New Zealand. And then we realised we need to have the conversation in 10 languages. Well, so you know, yeah. this year, this next twelve months, we're focusing on the Samoan, doing the three conversations in Samoan, and and Tongan, and I caught up with Tofinga from the Laughing Samoans, and he said actually Samoa needs this, the, mm. the motherland needs this, because well. he said in our culture, you need to laugh at yourself yeah. before we laugh at you, uh, and so we've got some amazing ambassadors mm. uh, who are coming on board um, to help with that. So, and then the final piece, um, the final piece, of the puzzle was that we're going to do it in. 10 industries, so retail, hospitality, primary wow. industries, yeah. you know, accounting. How do you get those guys to speak to themselves in the sense? So every video we do around those three, those three conversations is the experts in that field, rugby, netball, retail, speak on those videos in your language, so you go, I get this. Yeah, right, so it's, it's not them watching Jay talking about it. Not me at all. Yeah, cool. Yeah. The only part that I have is I have this part where I share the, the heart of it, 
Um, and I've tried to pull myself less involved, but I've been told that as the founder, you've got to, you've got to, there's, there's some a, sort of balance there. There's right? a balance. And yeah. I don't want to be in the limelight, but I've had to find myself to be in that place to help push it forward. Um, and I'll just have to sit with that uncomfortableness of yeah. that. Yeah. Because yeah. what, where it's gone, um, I never, I never, do you think in 2018, just the idea of it and where it is today, mm. and we only launched it in June last year in the middle of COVID. <laughs> and to see yep. where it's gone now and inquiries from every single region in New Zealand and schools and then to see where it's going mm-hmm. um, and then in November when we, we resource the when we launch the resource kitty that'll be when we can really it's like a second launch because yep. we're going to have the kitty built which will have all your heroes all your you know yeah, right. um, videos capturing the conversations mm. so yeah so in terms of like the pra- practicality of it like you're in schools at the moment what does it look like for a school? You say that they have the conversation. What do they actually do? Yep, so there's, there's, there's layers to this. Um, so while etu tangata sounds really um, simple, as you start laying it out over your school, it's got a huge depth to it. Mm. And so schools are, in, in a school setting, there's just, first of all, there's high-level language where you can just do nothing else but call out, so our youth workers in some of the schools hear kids actually using the language to correct behaviour in someone else. We don't do that here. Um, one of the youth workers feedback that in the community where he lived, he heard etu tangata on the street, no other adults around, calling out someone else. Wow. And he's like, what the heck? This is happening in my community. Yeah, cool. Um, so at a high level, it's just language. Um, we do have the conversations within... Each one of those, you can have Jane Watson from the Silver Ferns and um, a youth worker, and um, so you can do the video. Yeah. We've got cartoon videos for families if you want your little kids to, cool. to do it. And it's got pause and discussion things. Um, there's posters you can do out, but once we get the resource kitty, there's going to be icebreakers and activities and lots awesome. more things to engage with. But at the moment, it's just you can watch the videos, have the conversation, and you know it that people call me out all the time. You know, I've launched this thing called Etu Tangata, and people are like, hey, Jay, that's not for Etu Tangata. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah. oh, yep, you got me, you know. And yeah. uh, I might have thought it was funny, or I may have yeah. thought, but actually, when they call me out, I'm not offended by it because mm. they're saying, we expect better from you, you know, then, then go for the low hanging fruit, you know. And yet they're doing it in a way that's calling you up, not tearing you down. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you still want to have a banter with people and yeah. have a laugh, and, uh, but sometimes we do go too far, yeah. and that's when someone can just call you out. And so what we know is that all we need is to get 10% of the population to get this to change the culture. Wow. So it's just it's like um, seatbelts and smoking. That, and it, you that, know. that makes it feel more attainable, doesn't it? It does. Rather than going, we have to change New Zealand, yeah. going, actually, if 10% get it, with the amount of interest you've had already, that's actually really doable. It is doable. Because you think in a, in a boardroom or a team environment, mm. if one person is aware of it and they see behaviour that happens and goes, wow, that's not, you know, mm. that's not the culture we want to set. They can say, have you guys heard about Etu Tangata? Have you heard about you have value? We succeed together. Others matter. Let me have a chat with you around what this looks like. And it definitely seems like it's been a word in season. And that's the feedback we've been getting. Um, I'm catching up with Scotty Robinson from the Crusaders um, on Monday um, coming. And and the reason those chats happen is because 
it's a word in season and people going, we've got to do something differently. Yeah. Because at the moment it's not working. Um, and so it's just, yeah, it's just... So we've got a lot of ambulances at the bottom of cliffs, haven't we? Yes. Um, yeah. And this is kind of front-footing it all and trying to change the culture that actually gets people to the edge of a cliff. Yeah. So when I sat here, if you'd asked me in 2018, I was speaking to you as a, um, uh, what's the word, um, optimistic. But now I'm no longer an optimist, I'm a possibilist. I've actually seen it work. And I actually go, holy moly, like I'm just as surprised as anyone else. When people tell me, you know, a, a, a boys' school in New Zealand, they did it a whole term with year nine and tens on you have value. So for 10 minutes every morning, this boys' high school did you have value for 10 minutes. At the end of it, they surveyed the boys and said, what's the impact? 87% of those boys said that they had changed the way they see themselves for the positive. Wow. And that made me cry because I'm a big, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm six foot eight, 130 kgs, but my, I lead with my heart. And that, I, I, I wept because I, I thought, holy moly, this thing works. Yeah. And they just, there's no cost to the school. They just lay it out. And they, they came to me and said, we're going to roll this out across the whole school now. Um, and that only just, you know, touched on the one first pillar. So, yeah. So I'm a possibilist, Andy. I'm yeah, looking forward no. to seeing where this goes. Um, you want to do it for free. How do you see that happening? Do you, are you looking for supporters? Are you looking for sponsorship? Is it grants? Like, how does that work? I, we're just looking for people who have generous spirits who actually want to pay it forward. So on the resource kitty, we want to have a place where you know that someone has, you know, you're getting it for free, but someone's paid it forward for you to see it. And you'll yeah. see that go, oh, thank you. Mm. But also, do you want to pay it forward to another cool. family, to another school um, to do that? I haven't quite figured out the money part, but I'm honestly not worried about it. I've got a fundraising dinner in, in February next year where I'm trying to raise half a million dollars. Cool. Um, but we just need to, we, you can't not act on it. And um, if it works, I think the money will come. Uh, and we're running it at the moment on one FTE, one full-time equivalent. And so you look at what's happening and people are like, wow, Jay gives one day of his week to this. Mm. Um, it's pretty incredible. So you've, you've then got other part-time stuff? Yeah, so we've got someone who does education, someone who's our like, strategist, comms, um, helps the resource kitty, yep. she's phenomenal, and then we've got also someone else who does sports and is engaging with you know, New Zealand hockey, New Zealand mm. rugby, and so on. Uh, and they're all a day a week, you know, two days a week, and then I'm a day a week, and then we just make it work. Yeah, and you're still connected with 24-7, you're still doing that? Yeah, so I'm still leading 24-7 and they are leading uh, Ear to Tangata. So weirdly, looking after two, two, two very different movements, you yeah. know, 24-7 as a, as a you know, faith-based Christian organisation working in schools, Ear to Tangata is for the whole nation, um, yeah. it's, it's very different, but they're actually like a hand in a glove because our youth workers go in and do youth work. And then the school, from a governance to the management to the staff, are laying ear to tangata in their culture, and it just it just complements. And so, yeah, it, it works. that is beautiful that it's it they is. are so different but same. Yeah, um, and if we're if we're about seeing young people thrive, then we're we're seeing young people thrive in schools that we don't have youth workers in. And I'm like, kapai <laughs> tamahi. That's that's what we want. Awesome. Uh, and it's just as I said, it's going nuts. Another thing that you've been a part of leading over the last couple of years is a thing called Colour Your Day. Do you want to tell us about, firstly, where did that come from and how does that fit in with all this other stuff that you're doing? 
Yeah, Kaliyor Day came from the mosque attacks that happened in 2018. Um, and I was mowing my lawns the next day and I felt this real heaviness in my heart around, I felt like I didn't know how to help this family. Didn't know what to do. People would ring me and say, what can we do? And so I remember mowing my lawns and just reflecting. And I love when you're in the shower or mowing your lawns, you just, you go, your brain goes into this like null stage, but you, a lot of dreaming happens. And I just remember, just as I was thinking about it, seeing color just everywhere. Mm. And saying we just need to in this dark hour add some colour to New Zealand because we all felt it. Yeah, it impacted all of us. And I thought, why don't we run a, an event seven days later on the Friday, where we get the whole nation to uh, wear colour. And and what that did for you was brightened up your day. So you, you know, and think about the Etutangata framework. You have value. You wear colour. Yeah. You go. Oh, I feel good. You see others wearing colour. We succeed together. And we, so we felt we're all in this together from Northland to Southland to anywhere across New Zealand. And then the money raised was to go towards those families. Others yeah, matter. Cool. And it raised $2 million wow. in seven days. And so that was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Uh, and I was happy to let Kali your day just lay, lay and that was it, a one-off yep. event. But as schools said to me, we want to contribute something towards Air to Tata. I was like, well, if we have a colour day, which happens in March, and you just encourage your kids to wear colour, brighten their day, brighten mm. each other's day, and the money goes towards Air to Tangata, that'll be amazing. And that money would pay it forward to other schools to yeah. be set up. And schools were just like, great, you know? And they're not, they're not paying for money out of their ops budget, it's coming from the parents who are putting a dollar in. And so they're like, great. And so, yeah, it's supposed to be really encouraging seeing mm. that. And we're going to do it again next year in March. And um, people can go to Kelly Your Day website. And it's not just for schools. It's for workplaces and yep. the sports teams. And, yeah, it's just, it helps what we do, but also mm. it brightens up the place. Totally. Um, and encourages each other. Yeah. It's interesting, actually, even just thinking of that idea of colour and brightness and stuff. You know, I've I've been really open on the podcast and stuff about having mental health struggles and you know, depression, anxiety and things like that. And I did notice a while back that I was wearing black and white. You know, that was my whole wardrobe was basically black, white and grey. And now I wear pink and purple and yellow and, you know, I purposely went out and bought bright things. And I, it's made a difference. You know, it's, it's funny how little that change was, but how it has still made a difference, you know. And, and so, yeah, when I saw your colour your day thing, I was like, man, this is gold. And it, like you say, it resonates with the heart of everything else you're doing, really. And it's cool to see over your, like all of the, the different areas we've talked about today, the uh, 24-7, Etu Tangata, and the Colour Your Day, that, you know, in terms of the heart of the podcast, we're about ordinary people doing ordinary things to make a difference in the world. And you're the sort of person who's just gone, actually, this is what I've got, where I am, what can I do with that? And then that's built up a network for you so when you've got the next idea you're like hey what about this you know and it, yeah. it, in some ways it's actually extraordinary because of like you see that growth in Etu Tangata you know that's phenomenal mm. but in other ways that's actually really ordinary as well it's you having an idea having some conversations seeing where they go and um, yeah so that's really encouraging for for all of us you know yeah. that, that actually 
especially if we follow the etutanga things and realize that we have value and realize that we've got something to offer together and yeah. you know that that actually we can maybe have some ideas about oh, what can we do in the world yeah. and, and step out and do that as well so yeah and if anyone's thinking about that because i often get approached mm. by people going can i just share with you my idea can i i've I got this you know and i love those conversations mm. But I always tell people, I want you to write it down and put it, like a business plan, mm. write it down. Because until you do, I, your pitch is great. Yeah. But when you write it down, you get to look at it yourself, look at the holes. You, you, know, you put it into a, into a PowerPoint and you show someone, then you allow me to speak into it. Just as I allowed Steve to speak yeah, into it. That's cool. And when I showed Simon Moriarty, I, I was building more of the business plan for them to go, oh, I don't like that. Well, how would that work? I would say only 1% of people that I know who come to me with an idea, when I've said, let's, let, oh, I even help you write it out, um, then they've not wanted to. And so it's just going to be an idea that's in your head. We need to get it on paper, we need to get it written down, and we need to get people feeding into that. Mm. And so I had a room with the words, etu tangata, on a piece of paper. I had, you know, the likes of my board chair, and I had a psychologist, I had Richard Black in the room. I had, you know, some big hitters going, what does that look like? And we came up with, you have value. Yeah, we succeed cool. together, others matter. So it wasn't even my, it didn't come from me as yeah. I knew the three things. It was, I bought people. It was people. collaborative. Yeah, it, was, it was collaborative. Mm. And that's why I want to encourage people is that if you've got an idea or you're birthing something, write it down and then look at it and go, does this make sense? And I'm going to share this with someone else. And you'll be surprised when someone else adds to it and adds to mm. it, we succeed together, it just goes, it does go. And so I look at Air Tutankata now, and it's not mine. There's hundreds of people who have spoken into it and made it what it is, from Steve Hansen to, you know, researchers at University mm. of Canterbury. Like, people have just made it what it is today that is now a, a gift to the nation. That's really encouraging too that, again, thinking of doing good in the world, you don't have to be the one that does it all. You can have the idea and then put it out there in a deliberate kind of way like you're talking about that actually write it down you know get some some momentum going with it but actually it's not on you to then create this whole thing you know it's just about connecting with people and seeing where it goes and um, so I love that that's really cool um, so thank you heaps for your time today really appreciate it thank you nice. for how inspiring your your journey is um, for us all and thank you for what you're doing to bring a bit of heaven down to earth yeah can't fire. Hello, hello heaven Will I hear you whisper to come near I'd heard a lot about Jay but never actually met him before this conversation. But this is a man who totally gets the heart of this podcast. To use who he is and what he has to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Making a difference. Supporting those who struggle loving others where they're at, seeing a future with less pain and loss and with more hope and joy. I went away from this conversation fully believing that change is possible, not just on an individual level, but on a national level. Jay's love and compassion combined with his strategy and drive have kick-started something that, I believe, will shift the culture of our society. So thank you again, Jay, for your heart, your vision, and your willingness to give yourself to this work of bringing heaven down to earth. Here is a blessing for you. Jay, 
May you be constantly reminded of those early days of youth work, a time that grounded you, nurtured you, and helped you grow into the passionate-hearted man you are today. May you have divine collisions with people you haven't seen in years who will tell you of the difference you made in their lives in those days as a youth worker at Hornby High School. May schools and principals continue to find partnership with 24-7 a life-giving thing. And may countless teens find support when they need it because of the work you all do. May this message of e tu tangata take you in directions you never imagined and achieve change that even you didn't think was possible. May you see repaired villages raising children together as this message of e tu tangata impacts this nation's children, teenagers, young adults, mums, dads, businesses, sports teams and much, much more. May setbacks be no more than blips on the radar as the Etu Tangata plane soars off the runway and into the sky, helping this nation to soar into who she is called to be. May you receive story after story after story from people whose lives have been changed for the better through this movement that you have birthed, where hope has been restored, where life has been restored, where belief in self has been restored. And in those moments, may you yourself grow in hope and life for what is yet to come. May you and your wife and kids be blessed with faith, hope and love. And may your children grow to be their own versions of the change makers that you have demonstrated they can be simply by being who you are. And lastly, may your life continue to be full of colour, finding brightness in your life at work, at home and everywhere in between, and may you continue to be the colour that brightens the day for all whom you encounter. Thanks to Strawn for the music and Rangi for the karakia, and thanks to you all for listening. It'd be awesome if you could share this podcast with your friends, family and social networks and allow even more people to be inspired by my awesome guests. Join me next time when I talk to media personality Petra Bagist. We talk about her career in the spotlight, her passion for giving back and using the platform she has for good, her role as a media chaplain, supporting those who are on the same path she has trodden, and what goodness is yet to come. All that and more on episode 40. Until then, me inoi tātou. E tō mātou matua i te rangi, kia tapu tō ingoa, kia taumai tō rangatiratanga, kia mea te tau e pai ai ki runga ki te whenua, Kia rite anō ki tō te rangi Hummai kia mātou ai nei He taroma mātou mō tēnei rā Mūro mātou hara Me mātou hoki e muru nei I o te hunga E hara ana kia mātou Aua hoki mātou e kawea Kia whakawaia Engari whakorangi a mātou i te kino. Ami.